Everybody, welcome to Down and Out, the sports and entertainment podcast taking the world by storm. Dom Tibbetts alongside Evan Ryer, two sports quote-unquote professionals, giving our best shot at the world of podcasting, but we like to have fun, keep things loose, and a lot to get to today. Thank you for sticking with us. Evan is back from his trip over the pond, so we have a few things to catch up on. We're going to hear about that trip in a second, but first, as always, Got to shout out JD Masters and Buddha, Man of the Mirror, our intro outro music. Make sure you go show them some love, YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream your music, anywhere you stream our podcast, like Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher. You'll find JD Masters and Buddha. JD dropped his new EP out, a five song EP. Uh, very, very good as always, because JD is the shit. Make sure you go show That's it some true. love. Um, uh, it's very good. It's called Dob, which I thought I, I actually had to ask JD if there's something about that EP and the name that we're, we got to decipher here. But it's very good as always. Buddha always kills it with the rhymes when he's doing. So make sure you go show him some love. Buddha's Empire over on Instagram. He's doing his thing. Evan, well, Dom, welcome back. I, uh, oh, I, I, thank you for uh, for having me back. I, I appreciate the welcome. But I will say, I do think I don't know for sure, but I uh, and I don't want to make you sound dumb. But Dob, I think it's because he released it on his birthday date of birth. Ah, oh. uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, I like that. He did do yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, so it's good. It's good. But no, I'm uh, I'm happy to be back. Uh, you know, we've uh, haven't been able to record really in about two weeks and. That was mostly because, uh, yeah, I went to London for uh, about a full week. Uh, foggy London town. You know? I was really hoping you're gonna come back with one of those British accents that you're like, I've been talking like this for, I've been talking like this forever, Dom. What do you mean? Like this is this is who I am. No, uh, it's <laughs> I. Uh, it's it is funny. Like when you're over there and everyone's talking in you know the 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 accent, like you kind of start like. Like, you're not trying to do it, but, like, you almost, like, the cadence, like, when you ask a question or whatever, you ask it, like, with a little bit of, like, a, like, inflection or whatever. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just natural, right? Because, like, I mean, you, you're a guy, like, from, we both had the, the polar opposites, right? Where you grew up in the south, moved to a place up north, you know, when we met in Montana. I grew up in a place in the north, you know, and then we, you know, I moved down south in this Tallahassee. I think that's very normal. It's like, you're just around that environment, and you start hearing hearing like just the local the way you know the inflection on words and just the lingo and all of a sudden I, I think it just like naturally just comes into you you know I, I think there is a there's there's people who can take that a little bit too far you're like all right you're from Syracuse let's relax Jim but you know I think just because you're around that so much it just like naturally just kind of seeps into your vocabulary a little bit yeah, no, it, it definitely does. But it was a it was a fantastic trip. Um, you know, the people over there, you know, you sometimes hear stuff like, oh, people, you know, either the, the, the English or even people in London are just kind of, you know, not rude, but just, the, 
you know, not necessarily friendly or something like that. Everybody was nice as hell. Like, I mean, I had a really, really great time. You know, every time I needed help with directions or, you know, I was just chatting somebody up at, you know, a pub or whatever. Um, it was it was great. And, and uh, you know, the sporting events were awesome, too. I went to uh, two soccer matches, saw Fulham play at home, uh, you know, got to see him at Craven Cottage. And, and uh, that was dream come true. I mean, just... You know, it's it, it that that's something that I've been you know looking forward to you know wanting to do for for about eight years. So uh, finally getting to do that was great. But also saw West Ham play in the Europa Conference League uh, a couple nights before that, and uh, obviously went to the Jaguars game, which is uh, it, you know I, I I've made this joke about a billion times, but um, you know the longest I've ever traveled for an L. Uh, you know, I mean it's. Uh, <laughs> for 4,000 miles or whatever for, for, for big old L. Um, but that's, uh, to be expected. It was still a, uh, a, a very awesome time. Wembley stadium is breathtaking. I mean, that thing is gargantuan and, and cool as hell and, and a really great, uh, place to watch any type of sporting event. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, uh, also happy to, like I said, just, you know, it's, it's, it was great. But, you know, between that and then that huge road trip, I am very happy to kind of start taking it slow over the next, like, month or two. That's very um, nice. Yeah. Well, also, it was nice, too. I saw, your, you know, your parents were kind of simultaneously doing kind of their own thing in Europe. I saw they were in Amsterdam, and you guys kind of all converge and met up in England, you know, in London. Mm. thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, uh, it was, uh, you know, they, they that was their first time going over to the, you know, to, to Europe as well. Um I, I wanted to maybe go to France and go to Amsterdam and stuff, but you know, I really was like, you know what, I'm just going to commit to to exploring London for as long for as much as I can. And yeah, they uh, they loved it too. It's um, you know, it's it, it is a different world over there, but like I said, you know, it's interesting where you start seeing the the similarities. You start you know realizing like, oh, we're we're all pretty much the same. You know, we just uh, refer to things differently. Um, but yeah, uh, and. Uh, I will say too. Yes, the food isn't amazing, but the food's not trash. People who say the food's trash over there is, I think they're probably just not going to the right places. I ate, you know, a lot of good food over there. Um, it's just expensive because it's London. It's like going to New York. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, well, you know, New York City. Sorry, right, um, makes not sense. Not to represent the rest of the state. No, it's fine. Yeah. I, I understood what you were saying. I, 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 I was raising my local militia real quick, but you saved yourself. The Bills Mafia was ready to, uh, oh, to ready. bust bust in, like, you know, like with the rope on the side of the wall through the window that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> Say they're from New Jersey! Say they're from New Jersey! <laughs> We're going to make you eat this. We're going to make you eat 40 buffalo wings. Uh, you know, no. Uh, so, yeah, but uh, I, I miss doing the podcast. Happy to be uh, back and, and ready to talk some sports. Well, I guess we'll kind of kick it up where you started a little bit in that message, Evan. I mean, you travel 4,000 miles. The kings of London have been dethroned. And, folks, I'm not talking about the new King Charles. I'm talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars and King Lawrence. Poof. Tough. I mean, you knew you were in for an offensive challenge because of just how good the Broncos defense still has been. 
Um, unfortunately, they couldn't trade Bradley Chubb in time for this game. They had to wait till after the London game, which we'll get into in a second. But uh, have you, you obviously, I know you're not a happy camper since our last time we've talked. James Robinson, no longer a Jacksonville Jaguar. He's a New York Jet. The Jets trying to go all in and make a move after Brees Hall uh, got his injury. Uh, just thoughts. What what what's going through your mind right now? Uh, it feels like the 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 Jaguar ship is kind of crashing back to I think the expectation you and a lot of fans had before we even started this season. Yeah, it's uh, it's things are not good. Um, you know, I mean, it's in in in. You know, Dom, you you talked a little bit before the podcast. You were like, you know, oh well, maybe a seven win season would be good this year. They're two and six. I mean, seven wins at this stage would be very, very good. That would imply that we finish the season with the like, you know, the final nine uh, games with a winning record. You know, five and four is what it would take to to win seven games. Right. So, you know, and I don't think that the this team can do that. I mean, this team has lost. Uh, I think it's five games by less than a touchdown. Um, I mean, it's it's just agonizing right now how. The Jags will enter a game and they will play the first like quarter and a half really well, and then something goes wrong and it just collapses. And it doesn't matter if it's the offense, it's the defense. Um, you know, Trevor has had good games, but right now he's very, very like, I don't know, just seems devoid of confidence, devoid of juice. You know, like he doesn't seem to be making like the the right decision ever. Like, I mean. Very rarely is he making the right decision. And and really, Dom, a lot of the Jags fans right now, if you go online, like, people are not happy with Doug Peterson. Like, you know, the decision-making from the head coach. You know, and part of that is, you know, uh, just, for example, like, uh, not the not the London game, but the week before that, you know, they have a chance to go up by seven if they kick a field goal, but instead they go for it on fourth and two and they don't get it and then they lose the game, like, it's it's like you know take the points you're the Jaguars take the points but but then last week you know you know you're at the you're at the one you're at the one and if you score you go up seventeen to zero and they call a rollout pass from the one and Trevor throws a pick and it's just like dude like Travis Etienne Trevor Lawrence is six five QB sneak all he mm-hmm. has to do is literally fall down like he's gonna get it yep. and they just are. It, it's it's Doug Peterson, you know, something that, you know, I heard from my family members, the way they phrased it was like, Doug Peterson is calling plays like Trevor Lawrence is Patrick Mahomes. And he's he's not. He's not <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. And so, like, you know, it's – it's if Trevor's going to throw 40 times a game right now anyways, it's not going to work. And I'm, and I'm you know, I you know you saw it on Twitter. Like, I'm firmly on the train of, like, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is not, like, in a – like, he – He's not good. He isn't good. Like, right now, he isn't good. Who knows? I think he yeah. can be good. But right now, Trevor Lawrence is not good at all. Like, I am I am fully there. And, and I'm also fully on, like, yeah, Doug Peterson absolutely has to kind of figure this shit out from, from his perspective, too. Uh, it's... It's tough because I know there's, you know, I I still want to believe in the upside of a guy like Trevor Lawrence, but I think that's a good point because from what I've gotten to see over the courses of this really tough stretch with the Jaguars is that, yeah, it does does feel like 
Trevor Lawrence is being put into situations that, you know, most second-year quarterbacks probably shouldn't have to get into. I think the Mahomes comparison is pretty funny. I don't have the deep-dive knowledge of the Jags that you do to be like, oh, yeah, it looks like Dougie P's calling the, you know, the playbook like he's Patrick Mahomes because I don't watch Jaguar games. But if that is in case the scenario, like, just listening to that, like, when you said that at first, I, like, my eyes, like, shot up. I was like... Oh my God! Like Doug, you know, if I'm believing that, being like Doug, what are you doing, Doug? Like that's this is not like Trevor Lawrence is is not that guy. And let's just like, you know, that second year for for quarterbacks in the league is always so big. Like this is I I, I don't. It sucks to see quarterbacks have to take like you know sizable regression in that second year. And I think Zach Wilson is a perfect example of that. Josh Allen still had some struggles with the Bills in his second year. And I thought maybe you know, Trevor could be the guy that kind of has this gradual incline. But I, I do, do, you, do you ever think that the successful start to this season, maybe like you, know, you guys exceeding your expectations early, kind of jumped ship a little bit where Dougie was like, hey, let's see if we can push Trevor, push his offense a little bit more. And now it's kind of crashing back into their face a little bit. Yeah, I just, I think that, you know, yeah, I, I, you, 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 I, that's what's so crazy is that we've seen that, you know, you don't, you don't win back-to-back games against the Colts and Chargers who are, you know, don't get it twisted, not great NFL teams, but they're good. They're both, you know, four and One's four and four, one. The others, you know, five and four. I think. And mind you, like the the commanders game should have been a dub, you know. So and the command. Well, that's the thing is every game you lead the Eagles by two touchdowns in the first ten minutes, Mm -hmm. and 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 by halftime it's tied. Like I mean, they just, you know, they and and they've they've just lost game after game, very very close. And so like no, it's it's the thing is is that the Jags are in games, and maybe it's a case of oh well they're learning how to win. They don't know how to win right now. Right, you know, I, mm-hmm. I can totally understand that, and there's and there are reasons to think that there are signs of life for sure. Don't get it twisted, but really, right now, with with Trevor and Doug, is that they're they're bad until they're not. Like that is my like, in, until otherwise, I am you know I am now having to be convinced. Like all of the kind of good favor and all of the like you know blind belief that I had coming into this season, uh, that's that's been sapped up. And yeah, I mean when you lose lose five straight, that's that's what happens. I mean you go from two and one to two and six. Now you're looking at a season where, I mean you know playoffs are obviously not happening. Uh, you know you're you're more thinking like at this point I'm almost like well shit like let's just try and get the best possible draft pick. Like I really don't care about winning games the rest of the season now. Um, I mean, I do. I, I, I do want the Jags to win. Are we like, tanking for Bryce? No. <laughs> tank for, I don't know, somebody else. Uh, it's Tank it's, for it's, Will it's, Anderson? Yeah, well, and Dom, you know, it, it's, it's you know, this is kind of a way to segue, I guess. But, uh, you know, I there's no receiver to tank for, I guess, at the moment. Because the Jaguars, I believe, may have, uh, you know, acquired their number one receiver for 2023. Uh, Calvin Ridley comes to the Jaguars in one of the most shocking trades on the uh, NFL trade deadline day. Uh, just absolutely, like, wild uh, when that news came through. I was not expecting that. I love Calvin Ridley. Uh, I think he, you know, shouldn't be facing a year ban for gambling. Um, uh, but, but yeah, uh, the Jags will have him next year, and that'll, I think, go a long way uh, to, to giving Trevor Lawrence, you know, a real number one receiver. 
Um, I still think that they might even want to go get another receiver after that. But uh, it's it's you know that that was that was at least you know a bit encouraging that they're they are thinking you know okay let's let's still try and, and build and and let's you know take a chance on you know a deal for for a good price. I mean Calvin Ridley when he's at his best is a you know Pro Bowl type guy. Yeah, well, and now you are absolutely with with the Ridley acquisition. You have the receivers. You're starting to build that up. That absolutely, I, I would hope it puts good pressure on Trevor Lawrence, but it, it, it definitely takes out the excuse of like, hey, Trevor, we've given you the weapons now. Like, now it's yeah, on next you. Yeah, next year... Next year, this year, it's it's Trevor has you know Trevor can throw a billion interceptions. This I think year there, yeah, there, there's year. there's a leash, but and I don't know how confident people are in in Duval country about C.J. Beathard. I know he's played in games and he's had to fill in that role, and I don't know what you guys would do to go after a quarterback, but like. I, I like for me there there has to come a time very soon where Trevor's going to have to worry about that leash. And I agree. I think this season he's fine because, you know, it's a second year guy, but you start getting all the weapons around him and he's still doing the same stuff like very very weary. I'd be like, "Mm-mm, I I don't like this. I don't like this yeah. at all." Well, uh yeah, so it's that's that's something where I will at least give credit to Trent Balky or whatever the regime that, you know, I like I said I like the move and and yeah, we we'll, we'll, you know, it's it's also a move that's like, yeah, guys, don't worry about this season. Start thinking about 2023 because obviously we're 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 punting on this one. Um meanwhile, Dom, the uh Buffalo Bills also made a uh, trade deadline move. Uh Naheem Hines, right? Yep. Uh which I like that dude a lot. I've always been a fan of his despite him playing for the Colts just because he you know, he's he's got that explosive speed, good, you know, out of the back reception kind of game. Uh, and I guess you guys need that. Is what you know? What do you think uh, about him coming to Buffalo? One, I got to, I was at practice yesterday, and I got to watch. Yesterday was his first full practice. He practiced in part on Wednesday, but it was funny. It's just the way the NFL works. He passed his physical, but the Colts had to wait, or we were waiting for Zach Moss, who we traded along with a, a conditional six-rounder to the Colts for Naheem Hines. Uh, we had to wait till Moss passed his physical in Indy. The, I guess like the second he did, Bean got the call, relayed it down the field. Hines threw his helmet on, got on the field. You know, it's, it's just it's very, it's very funny to like watch how that all works. So he practiced in full yesterday, and dude, his speed is so. It's impressive. it's crazy. It's so impressive. I mean, and, and he's not a big guy, Ev. You know, he's probably you know, he he's probably a little smaller than Motor Devin Singletary. And like I was interviewing Singletary at his locker yesterday. Singletary's about my height, maybe a little an inch or an inch and a half taller. So it, it's it, it's very it's very very promising. And to see him like running, he was running some go routes with the receivers yesterday. His hands are great in stride. His legs. I think somebody in one of the comments on my video I put on my Twitter was like watching his leg moves or watching like an old like Looney Tunes like Roadrunner cartoon. It really because he's just he's smaller, so his legs doesn't have the big strides, but his legs just move at just the most rapid pace I've ever I've I've seen from a guy hitting open space. I. I'm very excited to see what Ken Dorsey and this offense can do with it. I think this is a great fresh start for him because Phillip Rivers, when he was a quarterback with the Colts, he had a lot of success with Naeem Hines, and that's what kind of helped him get that really big contract that he had. I, I don't think Frank Reich and Matt Ryan and this Colts offense, who's been just a kind of a dud this year, was utilizing him the right way. I think if you know if I anticipate what I think the Bills are going to do with Naeem Hines, it's going to be very, very beneficial 
to our offense and gives, you know, basically takes away the fact is if you were to split out Naheem Himes out wide for some reason, right? It's it forces the defense to not have to double team Stephon Diggs. You'll have Diggs, Davis, and possibly Naheem Himes spread out. You'll have McKenzie in the slot. And that's all wondering the fact, too, is you have to still play spy on Josh Allen to make sure he doesn't run out of the pocket. So I'm hoping it basically has to make defenses play us straight up, which is nightmare. I mean, that's great for our offense. So it's, it's, if everything goes to plan, I'm pumped about it. I'm very, very happy. A lot of fans, you know, want the big splash sign, the big, the, the big, big name player. A lot of people were coming into like, like our station's DM or chastising Bean for like, why didn't you get Odell Beckham? Like, well, one folks, Odell's a free agent. Like he doesn't apply to the trade deadline. He can come in at any time, but that's a pretty penny to pay. I don't know if it's going to happen. I would like Odell Beckham to be a Buffalo Bill, but you know, we're, we're still looking at a guy recovering from an ACL injury. You know, I don't know when that's going to be like We could be getting him in December and being like, well, get him ready for the playoffs. I guess, you know, that that's a realistic possibility. Um, I, I, I think from the only other move that I would have been happy to see was Kareem Hunt. I did very much think that there could be a Kareem Hunt move to Buffalo. Uh, I, I never believed in the Alvin Kamara, um, hype, the McCaffrey hype. I didn't believe in either, um, you know, Hunt was probably yeah. the only one I thought so, but I'm overall I'm happy. That's very, very, very good. I think Zach Moss too going to the Colts. He gets a fresh start to be in the backfield with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think Zach is good. I just think that you know they're they're just the way he fit in our offense could be very different to how he's going to fit in the Colts offense. So I, I wish him nothing but the best, and overall very happy with with what the Bills were able to do there. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think uh, I think it makes just a lot of sense. I mean, the Bills obviously have a very, very, you know, good, if not great roster. You know, they're, 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 they don't need, you know, I don't think these huge sweeping moves, you know what I mean? Just those those little pieces a little make you a little bit more explosive, a little bit more dynamic in, the, in you know, in the running game and stuff. And, and that I think that can go a long way. It's interesting that you brought up Odell because especially with uh, – Rashad Bateman getting injured for the Ravens recently, you know, mm-hmm. he's out for the season. Yep. That's, I, I think Odell to the Ravens makes a ton of sense because, I mean, they don't have any really out and out, you know, star receivers. Um, and, uh, and, 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 you know, Odell coming in with Lamar could be a lot of fun, I think. Um, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, did yeah, anything, thought, oh, go ahead. Ev. Wait, I no, no, go ahead. Up. I was say, did what else on this trade deadline so we can, you know, we'll recap this and put it to bed here, but what else kind of stood out to you as a, a, a big move, something that kind of took your eye as like, oh, okay, this team's making a move cause they're serious about trying to contend right now. Uh, obviously the Dolphins moving, uh, for, uh, Bradley Chubb that, yep. you know, we, we kind of mentioned that a little bit earlier. That's. That's a, I think, you know, makes a ton of sense for them. And, you know, they still have all these, like, extra draft picks. Like, you know, they're, they're still using, like, those first-round picks that they've been accruing over the past three or four years for guys. Like, and, and, and it's it's money. I mean, they, they – I'll, I'll give credit to, uh, to that front office. They've, I mean, turned that roster into a very legitimate – maybe it's not this year for them, 
But if, you know, Tua stays healthy, you know, maybe next year, I mean, they're not going to need a lot more to become like a legit competitor. They're just, you know, playing the same division as the Bills. So it's it's a high bar that, you know, Buffalo is setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but adding a guy like Bradley Chubb, that's definitely one way to do it. I also enjoyed uh, or I also like them, you know, the, the, the Dolphins are just the 49ers of the of 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 Florida. You know, they just. <laughs> All of That's a good comparison. Are, yeah. Well, they're all the they're all their players are former 49ers because Mike McDaniel, you know, brought over all these different guys, and they also traded for Jeff Wilson, which I thought made a lot of sense. Um, you know, with Christian McCaffrey going over to uh, San Francisco, Jeff Wilson kind of you know needed to you know probably go somewhere else, and he's had already had a very good season. Like he's he's having a get paid type of season. So uh, I think I think they're buying uh, they're getting Wilson for good value, and also when he's having a really good year. Um, trying to think of the uh, the other moves. Um, I'm looking uh, at the list now. I mean, like, so the Ravens got Roquan Smith from the from the Bears. Yeah, uh, the yeah. Bears got AJ Klein in a second and a fifth. Uh, the Chiefs getting Kadarius Tony. Um, that's yeah, that was a, interesting. Yeah, a lot of I remember like Bills fans being very upset as like make a move, Bean, get a receiver. Like ah, you know, like. You know, we have a couple Kadarius. Like Kadarius Tony is very fast, but like Naheem Hines makes so much more sense for us than Kadarius Tony. You know, yeah. so but I I like for the Chiefs. You know, that's a good pick because you, you can always spill some depth, get some speed around him. The Bears finally got a receiver for for Justin Fields, which yeah, I don't know how to feel about Chase. I, I it makes sense, but like I don't I don't know. M- maybe Justin Fields kickstarts it. You know, I I just still I'd be like okay that, that from. As as the kids are saying now, F, that's a mid move. I think it's mid. Yeah, I don't think Chase Clay pulls a world beater or anything like that, but I do think he is a good receiver and probably you know at at the very least he's he's as good or better than anything the Bears really have right now. So mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, they had to do something, and and the fact that you know the Bears are kind of, I mean, they're the thing they're, they're in most years they wouldn't be competitors, but you know, fortunately for them, the NFC North is you know a pile of dog do. Um, so yeah, very it's, much it's, so. It's you know they they weirdly enough at three and five they you know kind of still have a chance to go win enough games and get into like a wild card spot the rest of the year. But um, yeah, I, uh, I I I I thought you know. Claypool, it's, you know, they couldn't go get, you know, a blockbuster Steve, Stephon Diggs type receiver. Claypool makes makes sense if you're if you're just trying to buy somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, speaking of the NFC North being a pile of dog doo doo, I mean, in respect to the Vikings because they're six and one. I don't, yeah, they're not. They're not. Yeah. They're, they're and, good, but but um, can we talk about the Lions? One, the fall from grace has been like catastrophic. Two. You traded TJ Hawkinson in division. I I I, yeah. I I I hate when teams do that. You're giving a guy to your end. You're gonna see TJ Hawkinson twice now for a year, and you know you got some decent value for a second and a third rounder. But you know our, our good friend Jordy Hansen would very very much know about our Iowa legend TJ Hawkinson. But that guy was the eighth overall draft pick in the year that he went into the NFL draft, which I believe was 2019, 2020, somewhere in there. Like he's a he yeah. was a first, a top ten, you know, quality talent. And, and I know it may not have worked out 
in in Detroit. It makes a lot of sense. Don't get it twisted. I mean, I think like Kyle Rudolph in his prime with Kirk Cousins makes so much sense. So I kind of see this working in that same way. But I'm just like, look at the Lions. Like, why? Why do that? It may, and it could just be my preconceived notion of like, I don't like when teams go in division, especially when that's high caliber players like a TJ Hawkinson. I, I don't, I don't think that makes sense for the for the Lions to do that. But uh, whatever, you know. I, I guess they just they they don't care. Yeah, I think yeah. When you're winning six, I guess they're you know just like screw it. And and I guess Hawkinson's I, I can't say for sure, but I, I'm pretty sure he's in a contract year. So they may just be thinking too like, you know, okay, well we'll deal him to the Vikings, and if they want to pay him, they can. But we weren't going to pay him, so you know. Or, yeah, you know, that's a that's a fair point. But but yeah, I mean it's a it's the type of move that you know uh, the the a team like Minnesota needed to you know make just to to continue you know they've got offensive weapons but um, you know they that's that's always going to be the problem in Minnesota is that you can never have enough for Kirk Cousins you know Kirk Cousins isn't a bad QB right but he's not a great one so you got oh, he's a, he's a great QB at the one o'clock time slot. Great yeah, QB yeah. at the one o'clock time slot. Which, yeah, I mean, that's what's funny about the Vikings. I mean, they are probably the least hyped team in the NFL right now, and they're you know six and one. You know, they're 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 cruising right along, and they're easily going to win the NFC North at the current rate. So, uh, but but it seems like nobody is talking about them um, but, because I think uh, I think most people are kind of sniffing through some bullshit a little bit. It's like okay, yeah. where where's the fall from grace? It's got to be coming soon. Same with the Jets, right? People are like, okay, the five and two Jets. Where where's the fall from grace? Well, it's well, Zach Allen's or Zach. Zach Wilson, excuse me, is your fall from grace. And speaking of falls uh, from grace, uh, you know, we kind of also have a loser leaves town game this uh, weekend, Dom. Uh, Tampa, three and five. The Rams, three and four. Kind of must win for either if you're if you're having any type of uh, you know expectation of making the playoffs this year. Uh, I, yeah, I can't. I just like like we preference before when we were selecting our game before we started recording. Like, there are a lot of things you could have told me before the season that I would have like you know I would have believed or I said nah you're you're crazy. I'll tell you what I really would have absolutely said you're you're really stupid on uh, is if you had told me yeah I really don't think this is going to be a good year for the Rams and Bucks. They might be under 500 going into like week 8 week 9. I would have been like Evan shut that shut that mouth. But here we are. Yeah. And you didn't say that but just letting you know I would be apologizing to you had you said that to me right now because yeah. I just can't, I can't believe it. Like I'm just like I I, I don't Whew. I mean, the, the Bucks' struggles have been pretty publicized, you know, given everything of light that's happened with Tom Brady's divorce with Giselle. But, like, the Rams have, like, sneakily just been, like, you know, Matt Stafford is an interception machine. And, you know, you're just you're watching this defense that boasts a lot of talent struggle heavily. Very, very well, tough year for them defensively. Yeah, the, the defense isn't great. But really, Dom, the, the number one thing that's concerning to me, like, don't get me wrong, the defense has not been great. You're mm-hmm. totally correct. But – Dude, 118 points scored over seven games. That's like they're averaging basically like 16 points a game for an offense that you know has Allen Robinson, has you know Matt Stafford, has has all these different names. You know, is supposed to be a high powered. You could literally like why are just Pat do what you did last year? Give Cooper Cup like 16 receptions every game and just have him go for two touchdowns. Like he'd be scoring as much and many points if he was on pace that he was last year. If you just fed him the same, you know, productivity that he's get that he got, you know, I'm just and it, it's baffling for sure. It, it it's it's a it's it's very bizarre. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, they are other than um, no 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 as 
and as a matter of fact, they are the lowest scoring offense in the NFL. No one has scored less points yep, than confirmed. the Rams. That, which is that, really sad because I was like, no, Evan, the Broncos have definitely scored less. But you're correct. The Broncos have scored no. three more points than the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, boy. It's crazy. But uh, and then, you know, uh, with with the Bucks, you know, I mean, they just, you know, they were they were off to a fine start. You know, I mean, three and two wasn't great. But but, you know, it's 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 whatever, you know, with Tom Brady, it's you know, you can kind of have a slow start to the, you know, a, a mixed start to the season. And then you go peel off, you know, three or four wins in a row and you're, you're leading the division. Instead, this year they've lost three in a row. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons lead the division by a game. Um which, good lord, if you had told me, yeah, that's another thing. The Atlanta Falcons are leading the division. Like, holy shit! Like, what are we, what are we doing here? Marcus um, Mariota revenge season. It is, it is wild. Uh, uh, and they're getting Quirrell Patterson back after he was gone for like four weeks. That's is, it, is, is that is yeah. that confirmed coming back this week? Finally, I'm actually asking selfishly for my fantasy team. Is Quirrell team? Is he supposed to be playing uh, this Sunday, or are we talking the, the following I believe, week? I believe he is getting reps on Sunday, but I think he's going to be on, like, a pitch count type deal. You know? Gotcha. So, but, but, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, but that that's crucial. I mean, that's a humongous piece of that offense back. And, you know, Arthur Smith has, seems to be, you know, like, just it's crazy. I mean, the NFC South is going to be a little fun to watch because here's the crazy thing, too, Ev. If the Falcons have a little bit of a fall from grace or just can't kind of, you know, string the wins together, like – which is very possible, right? The Bucks kind of ride the struggle bus. The Saints kind of keep doing what they're doing. The Panthers could sneakily come back, get a couple games, and we're talking like the NFC South is the new NFC East by like week 14, 15 of the season. And I'm all for it because it's just it's going to be one of those things where it's comical, like watching the old NFC East when they were bad. It's going to be very funny watching the NFC South go for 500 records in a playoff spot. Like it's just it's, yeah. it's new, it's variety, and I'm all for it. Yeah, me too. But uh, yeah, so I mean, really, you know, the Bucks have to be thinking, you know, we got to win this game to uh, to try and keep pace with the Falcons, and then you know, the Rams are thinking the same thing. I mean, the Rams are, you know, they're they're a game and a half back of the Seahawks, and you know, if you're LA, you know, you're thinking, okay, the Seahawks are five and three, which you know, another surprise, right? But but you're you're thinking that you know, Seattle, it, I would place my bet against Seattle winning ten games this season. I, I, I don't think that, like, you know, I would still think that they could absolutely end up like a 9-8 and eight or an 8-9 and nine type team, right? Like, they've had mm-hmm. a great start to the year, but, but they're not, you know, a world-beater team. You know, if you're the Rams, though, you know, so, so you, you, can, you can still run them down. You're not, you're not too far away, but where you are, you know, the clock is ticking at this point. You know, it's, it's definitely ticking. So, and you've got to worry about the, uh, the 49ers who, you know, they're 4-4, four and, four, uh, and, you know, they just got C-Mac. You know, you got to be thinking that they're they're gonna you know push on and and probably end up you know being you know a ten win team. Yeah. So and the Ram, yeah, I mean Rams got ten games. They got to be thinking win seven out of the last ten really, um, and that's that's gonna be a challenge. No, it's a steep challenge for sure. You know, and and the the thing about the Rams is why like you know for like the 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 two Ram fans that exist who actually like the L A Rams who aren't like byproducts of being the fans of them in St Louis like you have the makeup. To do that, it's like seven out of ten is is challenging, but you have all the tools and the makeup to do that. It, you just got to go out and execute it. But there just there's no signs to me right now that this this organization has any sort of life. That could change in the Bucks game. You know, I I would I don't know. I have to look back at what the line is or what the spread on that Bucks Rams game is. I would predict the Rams straight up. 
I think this is a game where I think the Rams kind of come through. Um, I think the Bucks are definitely going to be in a lot of trouble. I, I, I'd like the Rams here better. So you, you could kickstart your season right back up and, and go win 7, 8 out of 10. But that's right now, I have no signs of life to, to believe in that in the slightest. So we'll just have to see how that how that plays out. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's the loser-leave-town game. Evan, was there any, any last-second thoughts in the NFL that slay any game that stuck out to you that – you wanted to discuss real quick before we uh, send it to the cash grab? No. You know, we had a lot of NFL to cover, and I think uh, I think we've done a solid job. All right. Well, that sounds great. Fantastic. We got college football, World Series talk all coming up on the way right after the cash grab. Stick with us. We'll be right back. You're watching Down and Out. Hey, guys. Dom here. I want to tell you all about Anchor.fm. Yes, Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free, and there's tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Don't know how to get your final product on all the major streaming platforms? Have no fear. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and tell them Down and Out sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Second half down and out underway. We begin little college football. It's a big weekend for some pretty big teams. Um, it's also the weekend that Evan and I have looked forward to ever since maybe 2019, which is very funny. That was kind of like the year that we met when we were in Butte because it was just I was in a time from grace where the LSU Tigers were a juggernaut on their way to a national championship led by Joe Burrow, you know. But this is, you know, how our, our friendship sort of developed was like, you know, he's a, a diehard Alabama fan and I'm just a transplant New Yorker who likes LSU football in their glory years. But we get Alabama, LSU in Baton Rouge, Tiger Stadium on a 7 o'clock ESPN kickoff. Money, absolutely money. I'm going to start it real quick. My initial thought here. I hate playing Alabama with one loss because I just I they have I think maybe Evan you would know this more statistically than I would. I feel like in the last let, let's just say not even the last 10 years since Nick Saban has gotten here. So what was that? Oh, oh 09 was his first season with uh, Alabama. His first season was 07 actually. 07. So let's just let's take it from when Saban started to kind of get the clockwork figured out with Alabama. I will never, ever bet against an Alabama team that has one loss already because they just they don't ever go to two losses. Very rarely have I ever seen the, the Crimson Tide fall twice in a season. And I believe, Evan, the last time you guys did that was 2019, the year LSU won the national championship. I, I'm simply hoping for LSU to cover here. Bama's favored by 13 and a half. If if LSU can cover, I'll probably sprinkle some money on LSU to cover. I'll, I'll be I'll be happy because quite frankly, I I just I think LSU did a really great job. And did I? Let's just go back to two weeks ago. I predicted the Ole Miss win. I knew Brian Kelly was going to get it done. 
trap game for the Rebs, and they, they fell right into it. So I'm very excited for 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 Kelly and the fam to to pull yeah, that off. Win. Yep, uh, I'm very pumped. And, and and you know what? Obviously, I hope they beat Alabama, but I'm just trying to keep it very realistic. And I just know that Alabama is the outright better team. That there's there. I can't be delusional and think the other way. Well, the thing is, that's what's crazy about LSU is that even when they've you know struggled in you know the past couple of years. The talent is always there. So if Kelly's getting it together and has got the guys wanting to play hard and, and, and understanding his system that he's trying to put in, then, yeah, I mean, they've got talent to, to pretty much beat anybody in the country, if you ask me. They did um, also just land a, uh, uh, a four-star uh, quarterback literally minutes ago, like probably 15, oh, nice. 20 minutes as we, were rec- as we were recording. Yeah, so shout out your dad, actually, because he retweeted and I saw it on my Twitter timeline. I was like, oh, baby. To party in Baton Rouge, four-star quarterback. But no, I, that's a that's a good point, and I, and I don't want to sound like an absolute hater. Like I said, I preference it. I want LSU to win, but I just always try to be realistic with with the yeah. Tigers. Well, I I like I like that bet, Dom. I think I think LSU does cover. Um, Alabama on the road this season. Really, I mean, you think about the Texas game; they yeah. nearly lost that. Yeah, you, yep. you think about the Tennessee game; they did lose that. Like, I mean, this is going to be another insanely loud environment. We know what Tiger Stadium is like under the lights. I mean, this is you know nothing new for any of us. Um, and you know, it's going to be a case where Alabama is going to have to play composed football to kind of handle that and and to put the game away. They are better than LSU, but. But, you know, in that environment, Alabama this season has kind of laid some eggs. I mean, you know, the you know the Tennessee game, you know, I know it's a close loss or whatever. But, again, like Alabama was flustered in that game, you know, playing at Nayland Stadium. It was loud as can be, and, 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 and it showed. I mean, Bryce Young played out of his mind, but the rest of the team really wasn't that great. So this is one where... You know, this is this is an important one for Alabama. You know, they 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 put it on Mississippi State recently. They put it on Arkansas. Uh, you know, they've 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 had some you know some games to to kind of say okay, well, this we can you know beat teams like like by several scores that we know we're better than. But they've mm-hmm. also had games where they've just like they've they've just allowed other teams to stay in it. And if LSU's in this game in the second half. I mean, anything can happen. I, I I am not going into this game thinking, oh, this is an easy win. Like, absolutely not. Like, this is this is one where Alabama's going to have to play very well and and and, and really going to have to play well for four quarters. And they haven't really done that yet this season. They haven't had a game where you know they they played you know to their ability for all four quarters and just were completely dominant. Mississippi State, kind of aside, they 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 did look really really good in that. But but yeah, so I I, I definitely think you know. Thirteen and a half for a home underdog? Absolutely. You yeah, know, that's a, that's a I, that, solid that, bet. that seems a little disrespectful. So I'm, I, I, I will so, yeah. I will absolutely go right right to bat with my Tigers and be like, give, give me give me them to cover. But I think it's just because out of out of the fact, and I think you know we've talked about this a little bit, but like out of the fact that I was a, a, a born and raised Syracuse, New York native, I don't have the Deep South connection to my love for the Tigers. Like I you know, don't like Alabama, but I have said many times, like, I respect the shit out of that program. I respect the shit out of Nick Saban because winners win and all he does is win. And, and I can respect a guy who, who, you know, does things for the most part the right way. Um, 
to get what he is. And I think part of me has this like infatuation in my cerebellum where like Nick Saban has a, a brief timeshare in one of my cerebral cortexes. And I'm just like, and he's knocking at the door and be like, say something oh, yeah. nice about me. And I'm like, okay, I'll say something nice about you. So that's, I just, I, if Alabama was undefeated, I'd be like, ooh, eh, this is a game they rise for. But I just, it's very rare for me in my time watching college football and in the Nick Saban era, I don't see them losing two games in a season. It's just, it's a very, it's a rare thing. It's a credit to him. And it's like, and and LSU to me can go get eight, nine wins. And I think people are going to be pretty happy because the way things started this year, holy shit, people will be like, we're just happy to get a damn bowl game. If he had asked LSU fans four, five weeks ago at this point. So we'll have to, you know, we'll, and also because we're going to talk about this too coming up with, with, um, you know, the college football playoff and stuff is I wholeheartedly still believe Alabama is probably going to get themselves in the playoffs somehow. And that doesn't, obviously they can't lose two games and be there. So it's just, for me, it's like, I just, I don't see a scenario. Well, I, that's a lie. I see the scenario, but I just, I don't see that, that one in one 14 million scenario coming where LSU she was able to, you know, give Bama their second loss this season. Yeah, it's um, this is one that you know. That's the thing, man. Is Alabama still has to play Ole Miss too? Which you know, I know you guys beat them, and 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 you know they're 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 licking their wounds or whatever. But like, yeah, put a, you got to put a chip on their shoulder for sure. Like that's yes. I mean, Alabama's got a lot to prove, you know, in my eyes, and and you know, you think that that's a good thing, but Dom, this is the sloppiest, most penalized Alabama team I've ever seen, and I just until I see something that tells me otherwise, it's it's. You know, I'm, I'm going to be kind of dubious and I'm going to be nervous about losing games like this, you know. Um, yeah. So, but it should be should be a, a good one all the same. But obviously the, you know, the number one billing, you know, for SEC game this weekend is, is Tennessee, Georgia in Athens. Um, tickets are unbelievably expensive. Uh, uh, like, I believe it's now been considered the most expensive game in college football history. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, it's like six hundred bucks or something to get in. Uh, I'm seeing four fifty eight on ESPN, but um, I, I saw something else that was like the average ticket was like six hundred bucks or something. I mean, it's, yeah, dude, uh, and and yeah, I mean, it's basically that's the SEC East Championship is what we're uh, what yep. we're watching, right? You know, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be you know basically whoever wins that will be going to the uh, to 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 Atlanta to probably play Alabama, but who knows? Ole Miss could still go to. Um, and or even LSU, um, but uh, it's uh, it's 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 going to be a good one. I really think that the Tennessee offense. I mean, Georgia's defense is phenomenal, but Tennessee's offense has been unstoppable, truly, truly unstoppable this year. And uh, you know, meanwhile, Georgia's offense isn't very good, but Tennessee's defense is very suspect. So yeah, um, it should it, that should translate to a lot of points. Yeah, no, I'm, I I think. I think that Georgia has that capability of having that offensive explosion game. We just haven't necessarily, you know, I we haven't seen it since they. Hmm, well, actually, no. Nah, I think I'm looking at their last games. Yeah, I think it's because like they they've put up some some closer games. Like the Missouri game was 26-22, and it kind of skews your mind a little bit. But I mean, they've put up 42 against Florida, 55 against Vandy. But like that's Vanderbilt, so like or let's not let's not count that. Uh, 42 against Auburn, 26 against Missouri than 39 against Kent State in their last five. So, you know, it, it's, it, it almost feels like like Georgia's offense doesn't get enough credit. I don't know what makes
makes it so under the radar. But if you're going to put a gun to my head and make me choose like whose offense would I build my dynasty out of, I'll take Tennessee's offense just because they're like they're rolling. You know, like to, it is it is a great time to be in Rocky Top. They are absolutely rolling, and I I, I keep having to like have this you know argument with myself and and talking about Tennessee. I mean, you beat 20th ranked Florida when they were ranked. 25th ranked LSU. They beat Bama third, you know, number three ranked Alabama by three. They just come off an ass whooping against Kentucky, which, by the way, was probably one of the coolest college football environments that Kentucky game for Tennessee I've I've ever seen. Yeah. Like that's just that also proves that SEC football folks, like you're, the ACC, Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10 folks, are going to not like this. But you're also talking to two guys who are SEC, like our teams are in the SEC. It's just fucking different. Shut up and deal with it. The SEC just reigns supreme in every way possible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that Ohio State, Michigan will never feel like that. But that was Tennessee at Kentucky, and I was like goosebumps watching that introduction, you know, with the the woman singing uh, the the song over the the loudspeakers, the introduction, yeah. the band that parts the way at perfect timing. I was like, oh my god! So I like it, it, it's it's like oh here's another test for Tennessee, and like you know I, I see I, I I see the Tennessee Volunteers very much having to like defend their their number one ranking even though they shouldn't have to, but, like, that's just what you get with the SEC. Like, all right, Tennessee, you're here. Go prove it. And Georgia's not easy. Like, we very well, honestly, Evan, could be looking at Georgia, number one, Tennessee, three. Like, that, I don't think that's a wild, wildly obscure thing to say at this point. We, the rankings could be very flipped. This could be a one versus two for all we care. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's I mean, ten, Tennessee wants to shut everybody up for real, for real, for any doubters who are still out there. This is how you do it. Yeah, this is uh, this is the you know beating Alabama is is kind of a kill your demon type of game. That's what it was for 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 our, for Tennessee because I mean, you know they hadn't beaten Alabama in sixteen years or whatever. This is now the next version of that. Of okay, well, you know if if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, and Georgia is that team. So uh, and you know and I know Tennessee's number one in the rankings or whatever, but Georgia is that team. I mean, Georgia's, you know, the de facto number one until I until I see anything else, you know. And oh, I mean, uh, they, they, they're defending national champions. Haven't lost a game since. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think there, I think there's truth to that. I, I'm like, don't get it twisted. I'm not upset that Kentucky is number one. They have passed a lot of very difficult challenges to to become number one. I think you're, you're that 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 routing against Kentucky kind of sealed the deal. But for anybody who believes that, like, you know, Tennessee is the outright number one, I was like, it's just, that's college football right now. Like, the top the top three, top four teams could all make their case for it. So, I yeah. I, I guess that, that it goes into a conversation that uh, we talked about before we get into maybe some of the other games on the slate. Have, you know, this is kind of a good time to segue into what we were talking about before we recorded was, like, you know, People are stressing for you know diversity in, in the college football playoff, and they want to see more than the same teams we always see. But again, like why? Like we can't help that three of the best teams in the country come out of the SEC. Like sorry, yeah. but like that just is what it is. Because well, like how I, do you how, if, if Alabama outright wins the SEC title? Let's just say Bama does that. They win. They win out. Go to the SEC championship and win. Georgia has one loss. Georgia wins and they go and play Alabama, losing the SEC title. So you're talking Tennessee, Georgia, Bama go to the college football playoff with all with one loss. Yeah, I mean they're the they're the three best. They're the they're the three best. 
teams. And it's why expanding the playoff makes a lot of sense so mm-hmm. that, you know, you can give other teams a chance and stuff. But, but I mean, they are the three best teams, and I don't really care what anybody else has to say. I mean, don't get me wrong. Ohio State Michigan absolutely deserve to be in the conversation. But we know that they play at the end of the season and that it's set up in a way where, you know, it's – you know, it's unfortunate for them because, you know, both those teams can make a case. Ohio State and Michigan both can make a case. Ohio State especially. Ohio State, you know, I think is, you know, arguably, you know, a top two, top three team. They might yep. be better than Alabama. They might be better than Tennessee. Um, but Michigan, you know, the jury is out. But they play at the end of the year, and, you know, that's them's the breaks. You know, if, if they didn't play at the end of the year, you know, we could be having that conversation where, oh, can Ohio State and Michigan both get in? You know what I mean? But but that's not how it's going to go down. So, no, I mean, I really think that if we're at the end of the year, it's, yeah, you got to be thinking Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia. Respect to, you know, uh, TCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're probably going to get boned if they went out. Like, it really does feel like that they're going to get boned if they went out. Um, but, you know, they still have to do that. You know, they've, they've still yeah. got a few games left. That's, you know, you, that's got, you, tough, you, have, so. you have two back-to-back road trips in TCU with Texas Baylor. And I was, cause I, I'm glad you brought them up because I was just about to maybe slide in and mention them for the TCU fans that are going to attack our DMs here. But, yeah, I, yeah you know, like I, I unfortunately do think there's a scenario where the, the Horned Frogs do, do get shafted. And like, hey, sorry, play with the big boys. This is, this is just what happens. Welcome to college football playoffs when you only have four teams. Expansion makes so much sense. I'm so – I get it. They're undefeated. Clemson being up there still to me is, like, a little puzzling considering the fact that, they're like, they almost they blew it to Syracuse. Like, yeah, nothing has convinced me about that, Clemson. They've got, they've got a trap game for sure this weekend. Notre Dame on the road, a Notre Dame team that, you know, after kind of losing its first two games of the season, only lost to Ohio State by 11. Um, put on an, you know, put down the ass whooping against Syracuse. So, like, you yeah, put that – like, yeah, I, I – it's, and it's on the road. It's a, you know, it, it, it's in South Bend. I mean, that's 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 uh, that's gonna be a game. I like Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame. There, go Irish. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I that's that is a uh, you know we we're obviously like I I've mentioned when we were talking about Bama Tennessee is just like you know. Like it doesn't it doesn't affect us personally as much because we're SEC guys and like you know most of the time you're gonna get at least two if not three SEC teams in a college football playoff, but. It makes a case for expansion, and that just is what it is. Because you know what, you know what was unfortunate when we got to see Cincinnati, and Michigan last year in the college football playoff. App? You know what sucked? Watching Cincinnati and Michigan get that 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 ass pounded by SEC teams. Yeah. It wasn't fun. You know what SEC teams do when they play against each other in big games? They play competitively. It's very good yeah. football. Tennessee, Alabama, arguably one of the best college football games we've seen in the last decade. Like Georgia, yeah. Bama was a great game. Till the fourth quarter, <laughs> it, it it always is. I mean, it, it it's always uh, you, you know, you know what you're gonna get, you know, in the late stage with 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 uh, teams like you know, you know, Alabama and Georgia, and and you know, I mean, I it's it's uh, it, I don't want to sound pretentious, but that's the thing too that I do think you know we talked about the three teams and stuff, and I really do think Alabama is one of those three teams, but I also. I, I, I really would not be shocked if Alabama loses the second game. I really I wouldn't be shocked. Um, and you know then we won't have that conversation, right? If right. Alabama loses the second game, we might only see two team or we might only see one SEC team getting get into the uh, playoff. Really, uh, Alabama winning out is the best case for two SEC teams getting into the uh, into the playoff and and giving it a chance for three teams. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, Alabama's, you know, that's, that's the thing is of those three teams of Tennessee, Georgia, one of those teams has to lose obviously this weekend, 
But Alabama, like I said, LSU, Ole Miss, um, and then you still have to play, you know, in the SEC championship game against one of those two teams. So it's going to be it's, – it's, it's definitely a tough road for the Crimson Tide, that's for sure. Yep. Um, other quick games before we move on. Uh, i talk a little World Series here. But um, some other big notable matchups on the docket. Uh, uh, Texas at Kansas State. So – Big uh, Big 12 matchup there. Should be interesting yep. to see. You know, Texas needs a one more win to become bowl eligible. K-State kind of trying to just hold on to what was a very good start. Should be a really good one. Texas, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll, we'll keep our eyes on that. Uh, I've already brought up Clemson-Notre Dame, which I thought, you know, like if you – what's the line? A Clemson, three-and-a-half-point favorite. That makes sense. That makes so much sense. And that actually makes it harder to bet on Notre Dame, but I would absolutely still throw some money on Notre Dame there. Makes so much sense. Wake Forest, NC State, it's a ranked matchup. I could not care about watching a game on 8 o'clock on the ACC network between Wake Forest and NC State. Not really here for it. Um, that's That was the only ranked versus ranked matchup that was left on the docket, and I, I, I don't care. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a bit of a nothing game for sure. So with that being said, Ev, let's go into the last ha- last section of our pod here, and let's talk a little World Series because obviously it's been about two weeks since we've um, you know recorded. You've been in London, so guess what? The Philadelphia Phillies did that thing where they copy the Braves and rode the World Series train, Ev. And just in case you've been under the rock over the pond, uh, <laughs> but no, we have gotten a Phillies Astros World Series. It is a game. This is a matchup for me, Ev. That is so. It's so difficult to wrap my head around because I don't want to see the Philly sports scene win a World Series because there's a chance that the Eagles could win a, a, a Super Bowl this year. And I don't know how the city of Philadelphia recovers from two of its major sports teams winning. Also, getting the fact that Philadelphia Union MLS team is also maybe going to win the MLS Cup this year. So it's yeah. just like, it's like what the city might, the city might explode, but it all goes back to my hatred of the Houston Astros and like I just don't want to see Houston win. So I'm rooting for the Phillies, but I think I that, that might come back to bite me in the ass. But here's the thing, uh, that might not matter cuz damn have the Astros looked good. After going up 1-0, they fall behind 2-1 after getting shafted by the Philadelphia offense. But they come back in game 4 throw a combined no hitter. For the first time in the World Series since like the 20s, since the 1920s. And then they come back last night and get the job done. So now they're up 3-2. Series is going back for Game 6 and possibly Game 7 in Houston. All signs are pointing towards an Astros World Series. Yeah, I mean, it's a... You know, Dom, I, I, I feel you. We've we've been over the, the dynamic between us and the Astros where I don't uh, hate the Astros quite as much as you do. Yep. Um, and, uh, and you know, I do not like the Phillies at all, but I do think that this Phillies team is kind of likable, and I do think it's a good story. I really think whoever wins the World Series at this point after these first five games is a great story. I really do think so. The Phillies now come back from down 3-2, then – Wow, that's impressive, right? Especially since they're going to have to do it in Houston. Um, but then vice versa, man, the Astros, like, okay, you go down you go down 2-1, and you get absolutely shellocked in the, the game three, right? Like, five mm-hmm. home runs. I mean, Philadelphia's going nuts. You know, there's, you know, beer being thrown everywhere. It's like, and it's like, oh, man, Dusty Baker again can't get it right in the World Series. Like, the Astros again, like fall short, you know, like, they, they just can't do it, you know, against the NL, uh, you know, against the NL, like, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. 
And then to to turn that around, I mean, a no hitter, uh, an emphatic victory with a no hitter is like unbe- like truly unbelievable. Like I don't I don't know if the rest of the sporting world necessarily is showing enough respect for how crazy that is. No, I mean like, that's that's unbelievable. Like first time like, since I believe 1923 that's happened. Like that is that is unbelievable. We got to witness it. It's been uh, 99 years. Yeah, I mean that is that is super super awesome. Um, and and uh, you know I, I gotta just show respect for, for for that. And and so yeah, you do that, and then you go win. You know the rubber match, right? The game five. You know to see who's got the advantage going into Houston. And you know a tight three two game. It's kind of like back to earth. No longer you know it was, it was an actually close game after you know back to back games of kind of uh, blowouts. And and you know it's. Either way, you know, I think either of these teams are, are you know, very deserving. And, and, and honestly, you know, it's, it's, it's really been a great World Series. When I was in London, uh, there were definitely a few nights where I was staying up till first pitch in London was at like midnight 30 most nights. So I would I would stay up till like you know maybe two or three trying to watch the you know the 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 you know first handful of innings but I didn't I you know I've had to mostly catch up on highlights but but yeah I mean really really great World Series so far and and you know I I don't know like that's the thing is you know it, it, obviously the Astros have the huge advantage right now going back home with the game up but I would not be shocked at all if the Phillies you know go out, you know, blow them out in game six, and then game seven it just becomes who can win a nine-inning ball game. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's been awesome so far. Uh, tonight, what, so I'm trying to look ahead at what we get. And, like, I, I'll get into my thoughts there too. So the next matchup, we are going to get Valdez versus Zach Wheeler. Um, yeah. Wheeler needs a redemption. Yeah. Wheeler could definitely use some redemption, so this is, this is the opportunity to do so. I... I, I I'll, I'll look away from my hatred for Houston to say this about them. When the whole world was pinned against them and just calling them, you know, cheaters, which they are, but again, not letting my let, not, let, not letting my opinion, just speaking facts, to have the whole baseball world and all this adversity against you, and you know, you're right, Ab. Like you come back, you win the World Series, you figure it after going down two one and getting your ass smacked in Game Three. Like it is very like. It is pretty, like, tip of the cap to them in a sense to, like, watch how dominant they were, especially towards the second half of the season and route and the way they handled the Yankees and the ALCS. Like, it has been a very, very impressive postseason run. And the fact of the matter is, is just what I hate about the Astros so much is that they're good. They're just a very, very good team. Dusty Baker is a good manager, and they just find ways to win ball games in the ways that I wish the Angels would do, you know? So that's that, that's where that stems from. But, yeah, it just... It, it's it. I, I do believe there's a certain aspect that it would be a great story. I'd rather see the Phillies win, but it, you know, to see dominance in the way that the Astros have been able to do it time and time again, and to see them win this would be kind of like a a, a wow. We got to witness you know a, a, a excellence at its finest with the Houston Astros. Yeah, it's a uh, it's. There's no shortage of narratives in any World Series, but this year. Uh, there's 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 a lot of different dynamics and and uh, a lot of a lot of stuff to to, to really make it a, a special one. I, I really do think that this is a you know so far been one of the better World Series of you know and we've had some good ones over the past uh, you know few years, but this is this is uh, uh, has been one of my favorites for sure. 
Um, I will say this know, has been a World Series for me. It's been a little different not hearing. Like when I tuned in game one, I forgot that it's Joe Davis who is doing the, the play-by-play. It's not Buck anymore. And I think Joe Davis has been doing a really good job. Don't get it twisted. Um, but it is like – I will say it's weird to like – you know, when a big moment happens, like when Philly was, you know, launching nukes in game three over and over, uh, like Joe called it very well. And like I said, I like what he's doing, but there's part of me that missed the Joe Buck on a big moment in a World Series. I was like, oh, this is, that would have been kind of nice to hear Joe, but you know, he's, yeah, I, he's I, I, I had the same sentiment. Um, you know, it is, it is a kind of a, kind of weird but you know at the same time uh you know you got to move on at some point right and uh and uh, uh it's I, I i forget the dude's name i, I forget who's uh, doing the broadcast but I, I the thing is is that they haven't been bad right you know i haven't been like oh jesus christ no it's 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 i mean it's joe davis and smoltz you know so yeah. i mean smoltz is a really good analyst yeah, and, and i knew jo- smoltz was still there but davis davis that's what i was trying to think of but uh yeah yeah no he's solid he's solid um, yeah, so we'll we'll hope for the best. Is um, th- it's, when the hell is? Oh, so it's tomorrow. Saturday. That's, so Saturday dude, night. Dude, Saturday night, dude. It's like Alabama, LSU. You've got uh, you know the World Series. You've also got Clemson, Notre Dame at the same time. It's going to be you know a very busy uh, time for your TV remote. Uh, thank God that the UFC matchups were were last weekend because that's the other thing too is you know there's some big UFC fights coming up um, you know and Adesanya is back in the ring and that's thankfully next Saturday because if you had thrown an Adesanya fight on a Saturday night while this is happening I would have had both my TVs TV on LSU Alabama a TV on on the World Series and then on my phone I'd be illegally streaming probably a UFC fight you know so uh, or. I shouldn't say illegally streaming to incriminate myself. I would buy the pay-per-view and then stream it on my phone and be watching three different varieties of sports content. Um, But, yeah, great Saturday night. So if you aren't going out, aren't going over the pond to have some drinks in England or London or just getting after it, post up on the couch. Have a night to yourself. Self-care. Order some pizza. Get some buddies, few beers, and enjoy a great night of sports. You know, Alabama LSU is a great game. Houston versus Philly in the World Series. It's the World Series, baby. All right, have some, have some fun, have some good it's times. It's truly, uh, it's truly, uh, you know, the best time of year. You know, it's that, it's that, it's, it's, it's. It doesn't get better than this, folks. It doesn't. It does not. Um, I, you know, one last thing, I guess, before we we wrap up here, a quick quick thing on the NBA. Since I haven't gotten to talk about the Lakers since we've last recorded, well, guess what, folks? They've won two games now. That's all I gotta say. The Lakers have won two games. They're not good, but they won two games. They won a game against the Nuggets that they probably shouldn't have, and I'm very happy about that. Uh, we, you know, we're we're a little past our time, so I'm not gonna dive into that too deeply. I'm sure on the next time we record, there'll be more NBA stuff to to get into. Um, obviously, there's you know there's some stuff that's going on that you guys all know that's in the NBA, but you know we're a podcast of good vibes, and there there are things we we choose that you know we can don't have to talk about because. This is just a podcast, and we're here to have some fun. And when we need to assert our opinion, we will. And when we can leave things alone, we will. And that's, uh, you know, so I don't want to think people like me and Evan purposely are, like, purposely going to skip over and are just are, are unaware of what's going on in the NBA world. But there are just things we just, you know, choose to, you know, let it let it go. And, uh, you know, we, we might not be fully informed, and we'll, we'll, we'll stay out of things we don't need to be in. Um, so yeah, yeah, thank you all I mean, for understanding. I- 
Yeah, I think I think the to, to sum it up, uh, you know, uh, we don't appreciate hate, and that's really all there is to say. And uh, yep. but we do appreciate good basketball. Um, and Dom, I guess the Lakers are starting to play some good basketball a little bit. I don't know. Like, well, I don't. That, it is funny because the Lakers do have the best Matt Ryan in all of sports. That yeah. it, it's a great story. The guy was driving Ubers a year ago to the state, you know, and now he's you know. Uh, Eighth, seventh, eighth guy off the bench catches that insane inbound pass, hits the corner three to send the New Orleans game to overtime. Uh, it's a really cool story. Like I, if if the Lakers don't like amount to anything or like barely get in the playoffs, miss the playoffs, I can at least be here for the good, you know, for for good stories that come out of out of the Lakers. I still am holding hope that they deal Ross or AD. I really, I could see I, in my world, I think they keep Ross and they. And they deal AD. Uh, I was looking at the contracts of Russell Westbrook, LeBron, and AD today. I mean, it is it is almost a hundred million dollars worth of contracts between those three. And here's a tr- take a guess, Ab. Who makes the most money out of the three of them? Russ, AD, um, or LeBron? Is it AD? No, AD it's makes Russ. the least. It's Russ, Ab. Yeah. Russ makes about forty-seven million a year. LeBron is at uh, so 40, 44 million, and I think AD is in the thirties. Not to like say that it's not a lot of money. Yeah, AD's thirty-seven million. LeBron is forty-four million, and yeah, Russ forty-seven million. The next, That's the next, next guy up there would be Patrick Beverly, who makes thirteen million. So the disparity is all there, and then. <laughs> you look at the rest of the roster. Only Lonnie Walker the fourth makes above two million dollars. Everybody else is below a two million dollar contract. So, you know, it's a the 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 Lakers are a team full of Bentleys that are housed in an Aldi's. That's the best way I can describe their roster. Is oh, it's a uh, yeah. it's my comparison for them. So That's yeah, funny. we'll 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 see how it goes, but um. Ev, is there any final thoughts we need to get up in the NBA before we put a ribbon and a bow on this show? Uh, nope, not a uh, not not much. I just uh, I what I can say is uh, you know thank you for listening, thank you for sticking with us, and uh, we we love the support you bring us of any kind, which includes going on Twitter and uh, following us at Down and Out Podcast D O W N N O U T P O D C A S T. Uh, you know, you can tweet at us, you can ask us questions, we'll answer them uh, on the show, or, or just, you know, know when we're going to, uh, whenever, you know, we release an episode, we, we post on there just to announce it. Um, and then also, uh, you know, we really appreciate good reviews on whatever streaming app you're using, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or, or whatever that may be. Uh, we, we, uh, we, you know, we, we love y'all and uh, we, 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 it, it just means a lot to get any form of support. Absolutely. And it also means a lot to us because we love you all to show some love and support to JD Masters and Buddha. Man in the Mirror is our intro outro song. Uh, like I said, uh, DOB, which I finally, I guess, Evan has brought to light to me because I'm a simpleton, means date of birth. That makes so much sense because JD did drop that on his birthday. I just didn't use my context clues. That's a, I'm, that's, this is why we have co hosts that, that help us, you know, kind of bridge the, the gaps in our brain. And that, that's what I appreciate about you, Squirrely Dan. So thanks, Ev. But yeah, JD's new, new EP is awesome. Buddha's always killing it with the rhyme. So we really appreciate you going over to YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream our podcast and music. You can find them and give them some love as well really really appreciate it uh evan any final parting words to give to the people uh no just like i said thanks for listening and uh i uh 
I hope everyone enjoys what should be an excellent sports weekend. Fantastic. Well, we hope so too. Folks, it's been fun. It's been real. Bend down and out. Until next time, Arrivederci. Look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now.